Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for December 2. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The Bible reflection this week on the theme of time is followed by John Rutter's setting of The Lord Bless You and Keep You, sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, with their kind permission. Prayers that take up our common concerns are drawn from the prayer book. One of the strengths of these prayers is that they are grounded in the Bible, and because we repeat them, over time they become etched in our memory for our edification. The Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection. You can find out more about the Anglican Connection and our February online conference at www.anglicanconnection.com. As we begin, Catherine Jacob will bring us a reading from the Bible. A reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 28 through 37. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dun, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Inscribed on a clock case in Chester Cathedral, England, is a poem, Time's Paces, attributed to Henry Twells. It reads, When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I waxed more bold, time strolled. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find, in passing on, time gone. We do everything we can to deny the passing of time. We pay attention to the skillful marketing of products that can supposedly delay the ravages of the passing of years. That said, time is rarely a topic of conversation. Come with me to Jesus' sobering words in Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 27. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. 
Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. There are times when significant events occur that can impact the course of history. We saw this with the fall of the Berlin Wall back in November 1989 and with the destruction of the Twin Towers in New York on September 11, 2001. The fall of the Berlin Wall was greeted with joy. The attack on the Twin Towers led to fear and anger. In Mark chapter 13, Jesus doesn't beat about the bush concerning the realities of our troubled world. He speaks of suffering. And using metaphors, he predicts global, catastrophic events, including pandemics. In this context, he warns us of a day of his coming. His expression, the Son of Man, takes up the prophecy of Daniel some five or six hundred years before. For Daniel chapter 7 speaks of the Son of Man coming in dominion and glory and that all peoples, nations and languages will be brought under his rule. Consider for a moment the splendour and pageantry of royal occasions on earth, such as a coronation, and then multiply the scene a million times, and then a million times more. We might then begin to imagine the dazzling glory and the awesome power of the return of God's King. The idea of an end of time is totally dismissed these days. The idea is laughable. Catastrophic events impacting the world is a theme that books and films play with. But such events never mean an end of time. So movies such as 2012 and The Road portray humanity coming to the rescue in the aftermath of any global catastrophe. Opinion makers today tell us that there will always be survivors to carry on and chart the human destiny. The picture that Jesus portrays of a world catastrophically consumed by fire and his appearing across the skies for all to see is simply derided. Yet he is clear. He points to an end time and the beginning of a totally new age one where there will be no crying or mourning, where death itself will have passed away. What we forget these days is the person who speaks so clearly and firmly about these matters. If the prophecies made by people such as Isaiah and Ezekiel centuries before Jesus was born came true, if Jesus' very specific predictions about his death and resurrection also came true, Is it not conceivable that his further prediction about his return will also be fulfilled? In Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 30, he uses the analogy of the fig tree. Just as the sprouting leaves of the fig tree indicate that summer is near, so do catastrophic events indicate the coming of God's new age. When will this happen? Star watchers can't help us with an answer, and Jesus tells us that not even he knew. However, he is assured of this, there will be an end time when he will return. Indeed, he tells us that despite calamitous cosmic events, his words will not pass away. Why is it that we so easily put aside our Bibles? Is it that we are too busy? 
Is it our lack of faith? Jesus was right in his predictions about the destruction of the temple and the fall of Jerusalem. We can be sure he is correct about the future and his coming. We would be foolish not to pay careful attention to him. Perhaps above all, we forget that it is a fearful thing to come near the living God. The giving of the law to Moses caused people to tremble with fear as they stood at the foot of Mount Sinai. Isaiah's vision of the Lord in the temple caused him to cry out, Woe is me! Significantly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul the Apostle writes, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. So how should we now live? Watch, pray, and work. Watch. Be aware that this world is passing. Be prepared for the coming of the King. Pray. Pray that God in His compassion will open blind eyes and soften hard hearts. Work. God calls us to partner with Him in rescuing the lost and bringing them home. Oh, I didn't tell you that there is a last line to that poem in Chester Cathedral. Soon I shall find while travelling on, time gone. Will Christ have saved my soul by then? I asked. A prayer for this week. Almighty God, give us grace, so that we may cast away the works of darkness and put on the armour of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came among us in great humility, so that on the last day, when he comes again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal, through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and for ever. Amen.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery, and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people, and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardu and Zachary Hicks. John Rutter's setting of the Aaronic Blessing is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.